This is 15 Minutes of Freedom. I'm your host, Ryan Nidell, and today's episode is Meltdown in the Desert. So I was fortunate enough to get invited to slash sponsor an event called Meltdown in the Desert, put on by my friend Colby K in Phoenix, Arizona last weekend. I want to give you guys a quick recap of not only how the event went, but also more importantly, what my speech was about when I got to come up on stage. Admittedly, public speaking is something that has never bothered me. I've never been nervous about it. I remember taking speech in high school and giving this demonstrative speech in which I shaved my leg in front of the in front of the whole classroom. And as a 16-slash-17-year-old man, it was super taboo back then to have shaved legs as a guy. I thought it was hilarious. Like, didn't bother me at all. Sat in front of the class, got the, the pink razor out, the female shaving cream, lathered up my leg, and explained how I was doing it and why I was doing it and what the strokes meant. Ended up sitting up there for the whole class, shaving both my legs in front of the classroom, even when I was done speaking. I don't really have that thing that makes me nervous. It just hasn't truly ever happened. So the idea of speaking from stage was very exciting to me, especially on the backside of this podcast. Like I know at this point that I'm being pulled in a direction. I'll call it from the universe. Maybe it's because I'm finally stepping into my own greatness or what I feel like I've always wanted to do. And that's make a social impact, like make a change in the world. There's that saying by, I think, Gandhi, like be the change you want to see in the world. Like I truly feel like I'm able to do that in this moment in time where I'm able to take the lessons, take all the dumb shit that I've done in my life and share it with you guys. And then through sharing it, share how I got over it, give you guys the resources to see if you want to get over those same things too, and then apply it to different aspects of your life. Like that means a lot to me. And I appreciate all you that listen because I'm getting messages so frequently every day that I know it's touching you guys too. So for me to speak from stage, it's like, all right, how do I take a podcast? How do I take what I do here and condense it down or make it applicable to walk back and forth in front of a crowd? Like how can I move the crowd? And I think I came up with a pretty good way. Let me rephrase it. I know I came up with a good way because by the time I was done with my speech, there were people in the crowd literally sobbing. Not a big number. I mean, there were 350 to 1,000 people in attendance. And I, I give such a broad stroke because I truly didn't ever count. I know that's how many tickets were sold. I know that's how many people were there. My time slot got moved around. I was really supposed to speak halfway through the day on Saturday, pretty much the prime time to speak. But then timing and my friendship with Colby and just the way the world works, I ended up slowly being pushed back further and further and further. And so Sunday comes around and we still don't know exactly when I'm going to get to step up on stage. At this point, I'm admittedly a little frustrated. Like here I am a sponsor of the event here, supporting it traveled across the country. I'm a part of this entire deal and I'm being slid back time after time after time. And I've got friends that have traveled across the country to also watch me speak to support me, which is incredible. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, many others that were in attendance. Like, it truly means the world to me that you came to listen to what I had to say. But as I keep getting bumped around, it's just, I just have to roll with the punches because it's not my event. And so at lunchtime, at the break and lunch on Sunday, and Sunday is the final day of the event, Colby comes up to me and says, look, you have the last slot right before we break to go to the pool party. Now, for any of you that have ever done any public speaking before, that is the absolute kiss of death. If you could pick any time slot to have, you don't want to be the last speaker on stage before everyone leaves because everybody's pretty much mentally checked out. Like that's the most difficult time to speak and get people engaged, especially when there's a pool party afterwards to wind down the event for all those that were in attendance. It's just not when you want to speak. But, you know, I'm gracious. I say thank you because truly I am. I need to practice the skill 
So I don't become just proficient at it, so I become excellent at it, so I become great at it. And so part of becoming great on anything is just repetitions under tension. No different than the podcast. Here I am shooting episode 80-something, and if you went back and listened to episode 1, 2, or 3 versus how I speak on the microphone now, I'd have to assume you're going to hear quite a big difference in the delivery, the pausing, the how I frame up different environments for these conversations. So I know I have to do the same thing as I'm speaking from stage. I have to spend that time learning how to perfect my craft. And perfection is something I don't think we can ever achieve, but it's something we should always strive for, especially for me in these environments. I want to be charismatic and compelling and have a a resounding effect on the people that listen to me. And so, as the event comes to a close, as the last speaker takes the stage before me, a guy named Reezy Resells, who's an incredible seller on Amazon, he wraps up his speech, and his speech goes a little long. You know, he's speaking from stage, he's got slides, he's funny as can be, but it's just a long, heavy speech because he's literally teaching people tactics on how to sell from Amazon. And so here I am, no notes, no anything, much like I shoot these podcasts, I believe in speaking 100% from the heart, every time. I spend so much of my life trying to think with my brain and have everything come out of some cerebral vortex that's going to matter one day, like everything I do is so calculated, that it feels so refreshing just to have all this stuff just flow. It just comes out. So Colby very graciously introduced me to the crowd. Come up and he says, you know, him and I have been friends for a year and a half or two years. We've worked on some e-commerce things together. And that 60, 90 days ago, I launched a podcast and ends up being top 10 in the country fairly consistently, which oddly enough, this is. So again, I appreciate all you that listen. If you haven't left me a comment or a review ever on iTunes before, that is the back-end algorithm hack to how iTunes works. If you go leave me a five-star review and then a written review, the more of those I get, the higher I am on the rankings, the more people can hear the message, the more all this grows. And that is truly how this system works, which I think is wonderful because if I had quality content on a consistent basis and you find value from it, you're encouraged to share it. And sharing it is nothing more than commenting, which then gets me higher in the ranking, which has other people see it. So it's the best quality podcast should always be at the top of the list. And so oddly enough, it's not even a thing of ego of like pounding my chest like I'm top 10. It's, man, shoot, if I can be top 10 all the time, that means as people scroll through iTunes, they can see my face and be like, who is this jackass that's on there? Like, I've never, I've heard of Joe Rogan before. I've heard of Oprah before. I've heard of NPR and I've heard of the New York Times. I've just never heard of Ryan Nidell before. Let me see what he has to say. And that's what I get messages from every day. I accidentally came across your podcast and you have some actually good stuff to talk about. Keep it up. So he sets his frame for me as I come up on stage. And actually, we're in front of the stage. I'm not on the stage. I decide to get more interactive with the crowd. I don't jump up on the stage. I literally walk back and forth in front of them. And I share the story of authentic vulnerability, which is really what this podcast is all about. And that's about what this, I'll say, movement is about that I'm pushing for right now and that I will continue to push for for the foreseeable future. You know, it's one thing to be authentic. It's easy to be in the moment and say thank you and, and you know, share some things with those, those that are close to you that you're not necessarily proud of. It's a whole nother thing to take that authenticity and be vulnerable with it. You know, I can say I haven't been a good guy before, right? I mean, that's, that's pretty easy. Like, oh, I haven't always been the person I am today. I've grown a lot. Absolutely. It's a whole nother thing when I'm saying that and I say, I was not a good guy because I used to cheat on my girlfriends. Because I used to lie every time I had an opportunity. Because I didn't run ethical business practice. Because I lost all my money by making bad business decisions. Because I went bankrupt without filing bankruptcy. Now, now I'm vulnerable. Now I'm exposed to the world that they can judge me. And that fear of judgment is what holds almost all of us back. I mean, shit, it held me back for my entire 20s, the fear of being judged by people. 
So here I am in front of, again, somewhere between 350 and 1,000 people. I'm going to call it 500 and make it very easy for this conversation. So here I'm in front of 500 people in this auditorium at this um, art, art, and crafts, art and Science Center, and I'm pacing back and forth, and I'm sharing what it means to be authentic, authentically vulnerable. And I go into the story, and my wife is in attendance. Lindsay's in the crowd off to the right-hand side, sitting next to Kevin and, and Jake, two good friends of ours. And I go into the story about me being unfaithful to her. And as I'm saying that, I say, nobody in the crowd has to raise their hand, but how many of you mentally have been unfaithful to a partner before? And almost like predisposed to having to raise their hand, more than half the crowd raises their right hand over their head. And everybody's looking around like, oh shit, I wasn't supposed to raise my hand, but I already did. It's almost subconscious. It happened. And so here, okay, now all of a sudden there's people like, wow, I'm not alone. Which to me is the biggest thing all of us want. We want to know we're not alone in any situation because in the moment we all feel like we're completely alone. I don't care what you're going through. There's a chance in the back of your mind, like, I'm the only one going through this. Man, nobody else I know would be, be going through this. Nobody can know what I'm doing. It's not true. It's easier when you start to share it because other people have been through either the same or comparable situations and there's power in numbers. Sure, I'm sharing this. I'm sharing the fact then that, you know, I've lost money before and I've had unsuccessful businesses and I've had my truck repossessed and I've had these things happen and I'm sharing it and people's hands keep popping up, which is great. Okay, now we've set this whole frame. I've set the stage for the fact that there's like-minded people in the audience. There's people that think the same way that I do or that have been through the same things that I've went through. Now there's all these people out of these 500, let's say 200 of us are wired the same. 200 of us are not alone then I can assume in that moment that these 200 people also want the tools and tactics to start to feel empowered by their bad decisions. And so I share with them the tactic that I have. And the tactic that I have ends up being fairly powerful. I'd like to share that with, with you guys now. So what I'm having everybody in the audience do, and I'm going to encourage you to do it as well, you're going to have to, if you're driving your car to listen to this, you're going to have to pull over at some point. You're going to have to sit in a parking lot. You're going to have to go somewhere that's not driving. This, this will require you to be able to close your eyes. So regretfully, if you're driving, listen to this, you're gonna have to come back to this part. So in your mind's eye, imagine a place where you felt incredibly safe in your life. Maybe that place was at your grandmother's house in your favorite toy room. Maybe it was in the hotel room right after you got married. Maybe it's at the favorite field you used to play in as a young boy. Whatever your place is where you feel incredibly safe and secure, in your mind's eye, go there. For me, it's a room. So I want you in your mind's eye to imagine reaching out and grabbing the handle to the room or transporting yourself to that environment. Imagine grabbing the door handle and twisting in your hand. How does that cold steel feel in your hand? Take notice as you pull open the door how heavy the door is. As you walk through the doorway, feel the warmth or the cold air. Notice all the surroundings. Notice the pictures on the wall, the smell of the air, the color of the carpet. Notice your environment. Be at one with that environment. As you enter this room, walk all the way to the back of the room to whatever your favorite chair or seating position would be. In your mind's eye, as you're traveling to this place, take in all that is around you and realize that you're truly safe. As you sit down in your favorite chair, perhaps it's Indian style on the floor, whatever your favorite position is, close your eyes as you're sitting in this room. Be comfortable with where you're at. Understand that you're truly safe. Nothing bad can happen to you here.
As your eyes are closed, you hear people slowly walking into the room, one by one. You want to open your eyes, but you feel like they're glued shut. You just can't open them. But you know there's people there, and you can feel their presence. One after another, they shuffle in, completely silent. As they shuffle into the room, you become more tense. You become nervous. You feel like there's something that's going to happen, but you don't know what it is. In the back of your mind, you're reminding yourself that you're safe. You're reminding yourself that you're protected, but you don't know what to do. You eventually hear the door close and the room feels like it's full. The air becomes palpably heavier. You can hear people breathing softly. With your eyes closed in this room, imagine the worst thing you've ever done in your life. The lies you haven't wanted to share. The infidelities that are inappropriate. The failed businesses. Imagine all the things that have that weight on your shoulders every day that you pray to God no one ever finds out about. In your mind's eye, with those eyes closed, you eventually open your eyes. And as you open your eyes, you notice in front of you the 10 people closest to you in your life staring at you, deadpan, emotionless. As they're staring at you, you lock eyes on all of them. And almost synchronously, words come flying out of your mouth explaining the worst thing you've ever done. You couldn't do anything to control it if you wanted to. You're still sitting Indian style or in your favorite chair, and you've said this horrible thing to the 10 closest people in your life. These 10 closest people in your life, surprisingly, they don't judge you. Almost in unison, they all say together, I love you. And then again, in unison, almost as though they're being commanded by a higher power, they look you dead in the eyes and say, I love you. And one more time, with a a smile on all of their faces, they look at you and tell you that they love you. In this moment in your mind's eye, raise yourself up from the seating position. Feel the warmth of the love of everybody in the room. Walk yourself from the back of the room towards towards the door. In your mind's eye, as you're walking yourself towards the door, feel the love that every person in the room is giving you. As you pass them, they extend their right hand and put it on your heart, look you dead in the eye, and stop you one by one. Each one telling you they love you. As you reach for the door, you realize the handle feels a little more warm. And the air in the room feels lighter. You go to pull open the door, and there's a beam of white light as you exit the room. You feel at peace with everything you've ever done. You realize the fact that the bad decision that you were so afraid of to share with anybody now has no weight or power over you. You realize that the 10 people that you're most afraid to share this message with now still love you even more after sharing this experience with them. Now I ask you to open your eyes and realize the fact that that can be your life at any moment. Anytime you have that lump in your throat, anytime you have that pit in your stomach, you can go to that place and realize that emotion and feel that what is called anchoring effect to change a negative emotion to a positive emotion that you've created for yourself. And that positive emotion should give you the power and strength if you utilize it the right way and you get deep enough in your mind's eye that you can transport yourself there anytime. And so if you can transport yourself there anytime, then you can have power in every situation. So through that power in every situation, you'll see the fact that you're able to just truly operate at a higher level because you don't, you no longer have fear of what can be. You realize that you're in control of what will be. You're in control of every situation that comes to you. Imagine the immense power you'd have yourself to know that no matter what comes at you, you can handle it with ease because you're in control of every part of your life.
And so that ends up being the, the crux of, of the speech. And as I look up, as people open their eyes, you can see tears streaming down their eyes that they went to this place that was so vulnerable, they were so afraid of. And they realize the power in the fact that that doesn't have to control them anymore. And so I wrap up my speech and people eventually come over to me and tell me how appreciative they are and tell me how impactful it was and tell me how all this stuff matters. And it's just such an overwhelmingly crazy experience. I feel such love and such power in these moments that I can't really explain it. It's not a, it's not a power of I'm better than people. It's a power of like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing for the first time in my entire life. None of this feels forced. I didn't have these notes when I sat down. I didn't have the notes when I walked up on stage. I didn't pre-script anything in my mind. This literally all came through me from what I call a higher power, a spiritual force. God, whatever you believe in, I sit there with no, no preconceived notion of what I'm going to talk about. And ends up being, in my opinion, one of the more impactful speeches. And of course, I'm biased. I think what I say is great. Why wouldn't I? If I don't think it's great, how are you going to think it's great? But I say some things are impactful enough that the crowd is actually visibly moved. And so that was the highlight for me of, of my time at Meltdown in the Desert was actually being able to speak from stage. But there were some incredible speakers. You know, Jesse Elder, those of you who don't know Jesse Elder, Google Jesse Elder. Take a look at him on social media. He's one of those mind-bending individuals that mixes comedy with metaphysics and quantum physics and really expands your mind on what's possible. You know, there's just a series and a sequence of speakers that just were so impactful. Dan Clark. Dan Clark is an incredible orator. He's actually going to be my mentor when it comes to public speaking. I'm going to use him to help me perfect that craft. You know, he's speaking, spoken on some two or 3,000 stages across the world. Been in almost every major city. Spoke to the, the Marines overseas. Spoke to the Army, the Navy. He's been on every aircraft carrier that's been deployed almost ever. Like, the man is a legend. And after I get done speaking, he comes up to me and says, man, why did they put you last? Should have went a different spot. And I'm admittedly just appreciative I got to speak. I'm, I'm appreciative that I got the opportunity to learn and to grow. He says, look, why don't we get together? I'd like to mentor you. Let's figure out some sort of relationship that's beneficial to both of us. I'm in. I'm ready to go. And so more and more, this Meltdown in the Desert event that was put on by Colby K was this massively impactful event where you had entrepreneurs from all over the country that traveled in to learn tactics and, and strategy to better their own career, to find personal power, to find some sort of answer that made their lives better. And so in your own life, if you think about it, where are you searching for answers that you can't find? Maybe it's in the gym, maybe it's at your work, maybe it's in your relationship. But if you're not willing to seek out enough help to find a different perspective, you're going to be stuck in the same position you're in now. And maybe this podcast gives you some sort of clarity. I mean, Lord knows you're listening to it, so there's got to be something of value for you. But there's more than that. I'm going to encourage you once a year, bare minimum, to find some sort of conference, some sort of event, something that you invest time and energy and effort into traveling to to better your life. Be around like-minded people. If the gym is where you're, the bane of your existence is at, find a fitness expo. Find somewhere to go to. Find FitCon is an easy one to go to. The Arnold Classics here in Columbus. Find people that are like-minded that you can network with, become friends with, strategize with, discuss your shortcomings with, and have them help you. You know, maybe it's a Tony Robbins event because you need to shift your life and change the way that you think and you're, you're hard on yourself and you beat yourself down. And maybe Date with Destiny is the thing to go to. Or maybe it's relationships. And admittedly, I don't know a relationship event to go to, but I'm sure they're out there. And so what I found is every time I level myself up and force myself out of my comfort zone and go to a place where there's like-minded individuals that I can network with, I elevate the position that I'm currently in. 
I elevate the people that I associate with. I elevate the answers I have resources and ability to find. And by elevating myself to that level, I can assure you that every day I'm able to get shit done. Hey guys, Ryan here. Thanks for joining me today. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please head over to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume audio and subscribe to 15 Minutes to Freedom. If this brought you value, please do me a favor and drop me a five-star rating. Then share this podcast with someone who needs to hear it. For additional content, head over to ryannidell.com. That's R-Y-A-N-N-I-D-D-E-L.com.